630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Final practice day for the Edmonton Elks in a short week. They'll head off to Vancouver and play the BC Lions on Thursday. We got the game for you right here on 630 Chad. Countdown to kickoff begins at 6. The kickoff from BC Play Stadium is at 8 o'clock. Morley Scott, yours truly, will be joined also by Blake Dermott and Eddie Steele, our in-game analysts. So in the final practice day of the week, uh, Armonte Edwards, receiver, limited with a knee injury. So his status is, I would say, iffy at this point. Jonathan Rose as well, uh, he has a knee injury, limited. So we'll see what happens uh, when the depth chart is released. But Kyle Saxlid, full participation he's working his way back from a back injury and brian walker who was released from COVID protocol uh he was one of the two players that uh, the other one being sir vincent rogers who uh, uh had a positive COVID test they're both through protocol but uh Servi is still on the six game injured list brian walker uh is was a full participant he is through COVID protocol as well good evening everyone it's dave campbell in for reed wilkins again tonight we got a pretty fun show Rick Lollisher, BC Lions president, will join us. And uh, we're going to talk to Rick about, it's a pretty big moment. It's a home opener for the BC Lions at BC Play Stadium. And there's some different uh, wrinkles there that uh, people from that region, and if you've been to a game in BC Play Stadium, you know the roof is closed a lot. Eh, not so much this time around. And do you remember the 2001 World Championships in Athletics 20 years ago at Commonwealth Stadium here in Edmonton? Yeah, we'll talk about that. I remember that because I basically lived there for about uh, eight, nine days. Uh, Glenn Grunwald, president and CEO of Canada Basketball, will be by to talk about the appointment again of Nick Nurse as the head coach of the men's national team for the 2024 Paris Olympics. The men's team, just short. Just short of their goal of reaching the final. They had to win the last chance tournament in Victoria. Did not. They lost to the uh, Czech Republic. We'll talk about the goal of Basketball Canada to get more cooperation, more cohesion, and make this an actual program, kind of like what USA Basketball has done uh, for the last number of years, that you're in the cycle. So if you commit, you're committing to the whole Olympic cycle, and there you go. So we'll talk about that. And like a lot of sports events and events last year, it's back. The World Triathlon Series Edmonton begins this weekend. We'll talk with Stephen Bordeaux about this event returning. But I'm always happy to hear from this gentleman, a man of many talents, tastes. He's just a great guy, Gene Principe of Sportsnet. Gene, thanks for coming on the show. How you doing? Uh, you know what, uh, Dave? First of all, always great to talk to you, and I've enjoyed uh, the return of yourself and Morley on the Edmonton Elks. Uh, broadcasts and uh, I've enjoyed uh, you know it's another step towards normalcy getting that football team uh, back on the field and I've yeah I've been enjoying the summer there's been with a kind of a later hockey season and uh, you know later draft and then the Olympics it seems like it's been a busier uh, summer for sports than uh, sometimes we're used to it's it was weird to have uh, the NHL draft in late july and then free agency in late july and now we're in the dead spot of the off season which usually happens like i don't know july 3rd after free agency opens on july 1st but uh not too long from now we're going to be right back into the swing of things with the nhl it's uh, it's, it's kind of neat yeah it's it, it is i guess you know we're playing catch up and trying to get things back aligned um uh, you know both in the world and and the sports world so it'll be it, it will be neat to to be back at the rink here 
you know, three, four weeks from now um, with training camp and preseason games and then eventually the regular season and it being sort of back uh, where it's supposed to be and what we're used to. And I, I think that uh, people uh, like that because that's what they're used to and it, it shows everyone or hopefully uh, is leading us back to what we're accustomed to, what we consider quote unquote normal. Um, and it, it was really strange the last couple of hockey seasons, first the, the, the bubble hockey for the Stanley Cup and uh, then the all Canadian division, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and too, you know, too bad Montreal made it as far as they did and then couldn't, couldn't uh, bring the cup back to Canada. But I think it's time that we get our schedules uh, realigned to what they once were. So we get, uh, you know, just kind of our, our life clocks back in order. Full buildings again. I mean, that's going to be really yeah. cool. Yeah, you know what, Dave? That that is a great. You know, it's been interesting uh, uh, listening to you and Morley and and discussing uh, not only the team but the the return of crowds and the the different options that sporting teams consider and look at uh, regarding opening their buildings, uh, outdoor football, open stadium baseball. Um, you know, I think a little more leeway than you will get or see in uh, some of the more closed stadiums particularly in Canada for hockey so yeah it's it's just another step on the ladder uh, and I guess at the top of the ladder is our past world and you know I don't know how long it might take us to get that final step uh, to return to where we once were but it's nice to be taking those steps you know sometimes slowly sometimes a little more quickly but it's, you know there, there's no uh, you talk to the players, uh, particularly during that, you know, bubble season, not so much of playoff hockey, but the regular season. Mm -hmm. And uh, they miss those fans uh, all across, well, North America and the world. But you're seeing them coming back in, in soccer overseas. Uh, we've obviously seen them come back uh, with uh, football. And so it's great, you know, and it's great to see so many come back as well at Commonwealth Stadium. That, that makes me feel good. Yeah, you know, it, the visual was, I will say at first, it was like, whoa, this is amazing, all these people. And it's like, yeah. wow, I'm in a place with all these people. It's it's a weird visual. But then you hear the roar of the crowd when a big play happens. And unfortunately for the Elks, there hasn't been too many big plays on offense. But, you know, there have been moments where you hear the crowd go wild. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, sports needs the crowd. And I know yeah. last year we were just happy to have sports back on television it was a made for tv event but uh like just to hear that distinct roar and you know when it happens in hockey a, a big hit a big save obviously a connor mcdavid goal yeah I mean, that's what we all have been craving for so long and we're going to get it soon yeah i thought darnell nurse put it really well uh during the course of last season and we we're discussing the the all canadian division and you know what what guys thought of it uh, playing teams eight nine maybe ten times that's a lot uh, over a shortened season but uh, one thing that darnell said that i thought made sense and you know they're not going to do it and i get why they're not doing it but it would have been neat to have one all canadian season yeah uh, with fans right you know just to have uh, those nights where the, the league fans are piling into your building or the canadians fans or the you know the senators fans uh, the Oiler fans seeing you know, in Calgary, Vancouver, and and it would have been, I mean, we see them 
anyways, when you get back to the regular schedule, you just don't see as uh, as many uh, games. So that would have been kind of nice. But I, I'm just happy to see that the fans will be back. And, uh, you know, it's great for the players, uh, for sure. And it is uh, motivation and momentum and inspiration for them. But I think for people to, let's say, get home from work, uh, have a quick bite to eat or not even uh, pick up their kids or their wife or the wife picks up their husband and says, let's go to the game. And you get down there and you, you just kind of, you start doing the stuff that you've done for your whole life, uh, except starting, uh, I guess in early 2020, uh, that we stopped doing. So I, there's something to be said, uh, for the players, uh, and what they'll get out of it. But I, I think the fans will, will, you know, kind of get more out of it because uh, they'll get a chance to see their, their hockey heroes their football heroes, their baseball heroes, whoever it happens to be, uh, back on, on this case, we're talking about the Oilers, the ice. And I, I know it was kind of strange when the American cities had, had fans, uh, in their playoffs, at you know either full or virtually full buildings it, it almost looked like a retro game from mm. from the past you're like oh wow what oh yeah that's that's now but it looked like what we uh what we used to do so if we get somewhere near that i think lots of people will be happy yeah no question g principe of sportsnet joining us here on 6 30 chat inside sports i know you're a soccer guy you're a big fan of soccer yeah man oh man like the, the one of the most stirring olympic moments i think i can ever remember i mean i think the last time a an olympic moment and not non-hockey gold medal because that's just an auto uh, that's an automatic but i go back to maybe donovan bailey in 1996 in atlanta and i felt the same thing when the canadian women's soccer team yeah. finally was able to break through and win the gold medal and what a story for stephanie labe here from uh, short park uh, and you know i mean you covered the uh 01 uh u19 event here in yeah. edmonton which we didn't know was going to be such a powerhouse until it just progressed and a young woman by the name of christine Sinclair yeah. um has been the darling of this country for so long and finally she gets a gold medal what a story uh this th this team was yeah, a story with a happy ending, finally. And and certainly not that winning a bronze medal isn't a, a happy ending, but there's a happier ending. Uh, when you get to the Olympics and you shoot for that gold medal, and it's amazing to think, Dave, it's 20 years ago when those young ladies uh, uh, captured Commonwealth Stadium with over 50,000 fans in that final against the U.S. and, and captured the hearts uh, of a nation. The only other time I can remember anything like that was when Canada played Brazil in 1994 in the lead up to the Olympics. Right. At Commonwealth Stadium, they drew one. And I remember um, the, the, the Brazilian passion, of course. I mean, here you are potentially living in Edmonton or somewhere, uh, you know, you could be hundreds of kilometers away. And the idea of getting a chance to watch Brazil in a pre Olympic uh, or pre World Cup matchup was just phenomenal and that's the only other thing i could ever remember um is certainly in in nice weather i remember some great moments in cold weather uh, for football uh but it, you know and, and for christine i have uh, loosely covered her career through different events over the course of uh well 20 years uh, and and uh, the world cup was here uh as well and with canada and i mean what a finish and i tell you what dave uh, i've been around the game you know my whole life uh, player referee uh coach um, and I've never seen uh, penalty kicks like that, yeah. particularly the keeper, Stephanie. I, I'm honestly like, if I were if I were uh, running uh, any kind of a team uh, that was 
uh, well, certainly in one of the top flight leagues or, you know, pick, pick it, you know, FC Edmonton, if she comes home, I would be like, I'm reaching out to her and saying, can you come do a session with our keepers on PKs? Because yeah. I've never seen anything like it. I, I've never, and I know I would say, Dave, when I was a kid and penalty kicks were in, you know, you were looking at 80, 90%. Like it took, it, it took, like it was, you know, if you'd have 10 penalty kicks, if one or two were saved or missed, it was wow. Well, now you see that the percentages uh, have dropped and, I'm telling you, these keepers, not only um, sort of locally, but around the world have really developed an ability to to guess right, to intimidate. I think one of the big things, Dave, uh, years ago, they allowed the keeper to move up and down the line. You used to have to stay on the line. So you can imagine you're standing on the line in this huge net and your feet are on, you know, have to be touching at least one of your heels it was pretty difficult where now they're back and forth up and down the line up and down the line and i th i think that's played into the minds of of uh, those that take the pks but what stephanie did was beyond phenomenal i have never ever seen anything like that and not just that game and not just the gold medal game but previous to that I i'm telling you she should be uh, her phone should be ringing off the hook or emails or texts yeah. from clubs saying hey why don't you come in here and spend uh, a week or or whatever uh with our with our goalkeepers because i think it would be time well spent and money well spent yeah, no question. And, and you know, if, if we're going to do a stamp of uh, the latest round of these uh, Olympic athletes, I think they should have one of Stephanie Labe smiling, uh, like she was in the in the penalty kick. I mean, I like that kind of uh, I kind of like that 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 swagger, right, and that confidence. And yeah. just you know, it, it reminded me of Patrick Waugh winking at Thomas Sandstrom in the 1993 yeah, right. Stanley Cup Finals. So, but what a story for Steph Labe uh, for sure. And uh, this is a big week. Uh, for uh for basketball in this uh, yeah. city gene and and you get to do a cool thing tomorrow night and that is host the canadian elite basketball league awards banquet which features a number of uh, edmonton stingers who probably are the favorite in this tournament they're 13 and one they'll play ottawa in the semi on on uh, friday night at the hive and at the expo center and what's cool about this gene is it's not virtual you're actually going to yeah. physically be with people uh and, and and that's got to be awesome oh i agree you know i i, I will say this dave um it, it probably will be a little bit strange just to start mm -hmm. um because they're you know they're expecting 250 people which um excluding some gatherings like at the elks games i mean i haven't been to a gathering of that size well you know it would have to have been uh, either football game or you know the last hockey game and I don't mean this past season because you know in the building there'd be when the Oilers were home maybe 75 people 100 whatever it was with crew uh, maybe just over 100 so and, and we weren't close we weren't in a room so but just you know to, to clarify I'm not I'm not uh, uh, afraid I'm just kind of going wow like we're taking another step forward here so it'll be great and i i've had a chance to go to uh, some cbl cebl games uh, i took my kids and we sat courtside and uh, my, my cousin actually uh, works for the squad and uh i was amazed like listen i understand that this isn't you know joel Embiid or lebron or Kyrie Irving or Steph Curry. So I get that, but mm -hmm. nobody, nobody should sell these young men short on uh, ability, 
their talent, their athleticism, uh, their basketball skills, passion they play with. Like it's, it was wonderful. Like I was thoroughly impressed. And you know, one of those leagues that was new and you, you know, you're not really sure what to expect. And uh, I thought it was great. I, I really was impressed uh, by how exciting it was, you know, alley-oops and uh, dunks and everything you would see at, uh, for example, an NBA level. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled and honored that uh, they have asked me to to be involved and to MC and uh, it's an awards night for them. So it's a lot kind of wrapped into one evening before we're into the, the final four in the championship weekend, which includes the Edmonton Stinger. Yeah, well, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad you get a chance to do this. Gene, it's always great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Generous with your time. And uh, like I say, have fun tomorrow. And we will look forward to as we count down the days towards uh, the start of Oiler training camp. And you're going to get a lot busier. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, I look forward to it. Anytime, Dave, and say hi to my good buddy, Morley Scott, for me. I will do that for sure. Gene Principe, who is uh, always an excellent fellow to talk to, a good friend of the show, Gene Principe of Sportsnet. And yes, he will be getting busy in about, uh, well, I'd say a month from now, maybe a little bit sooner. Back with more Inside Sports in a moment. Well, yesterday we uh, told you about the Western Hockey League saying that their uh, players and, and coaches and staff have to be fully vaccinated. MLSC has said the same thing as far as, well, in relation, if you want to go to any of their sporting venues, you're going to have to be, you're going to prove you're fully vaccinated or provide a negative COVID-19 test. And the LA rate or the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, has become the first NFL team to require fans to show proof of COVID vaccination in order to attend their games. The unvaccinated can still enter their stadium as long as they get jabbed on site and wear a mask inside. And I think NBC Los Angeles, uh, their intentions were good, but this headline on Twitter, maybe not exactly accurate. Come with vax proof or get shot on site. Raiders set COVID rules for fans. Ooh, attendance might be tough at Raider games at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, very interesting. Of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, only CFL team so far before the announcement today by MLSE, who own the Argos, to show up and prove that you're fully vaccinated. Back, uh, speaking of CFL, we'll hear from the president and CEO of the BC Lions, Rick Lawless, you're next on Inside Sports. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins tonight. Tomorrow, Brendan Escott will be by Thursday, the football game from BC Play Stadium in Vancouver. I'll be back on Friday for the uh, go-home show of the week before Reed Wilkins returns on Monday. Yes, I can admit when I'm wrong. And thank you for anonymous texter for texting Innocent Labbe from Spruce Grove. Yes. Oops. That was uh, incorrect. You're you are you are correct. She did have a rally in uh, I believe it was Sherwood Park yesterday. Maybe I'm getting my Sherwood Parks, my Spruce Groves mixed up. Can happen. Uh, the Blue Jays beginning a two-game series in Washington against the Lowly Nationals, but the Lowly Nationals have just chased Alec Manoa to the uh, dugout because 
It's 7-1 Nationals. And bad news again about George Springer before the game. Uh, the outfielder has been placed on the 10-day injury list with a left knee sprain. He has had a terrible time with injuries. When he's healthy, he's a pretty good player. That's the problem, though. He can't stay healthy. Lots of uh, notable CFL news today. Calgary Stampeders season has gone from bad to worse. Head coach Dave Dickinson says the club is placing star quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell on the six-game injury list with a broken fibula. And like the Elks, the Stampeders are 0-2 to start the season. Toronto Argos are in wait-and-see mode as they figure out who will start at quarterback for their home opener on Saturday against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Head coach Ryan Dinwiddie says he wants another day of practice before deciding whether to go with McLeod Bethel-Thompson or Nick Arbuckle. Bethel-Thompson started the uh, Argos' first two games, but was replaced by Arbuckle in a loss to the Bombers last week. And BC Lions quarterback Michael Riley limited, but took uh, enough starting reps to probably... Uh, Get the call on Thursday. Riley, though, was named today top performer of the week. 26 of 33 for 342 yards, one touchdown on the ground. The BC Lions beat the Calgary Stampeders 15 to 9. The Lions will be the opponent of the Edmonton Elks from BC Play Stadium in Vancouver. And to uh, talk about that and uh, kind of a look back on memory lane uh, soon as well is Rick Lollisher, the president and CEO of the BC Lions. Rick, it is good to talk to you again. How are you? I'm well. How are you, David? Uh, I'm doing really good. Uh, we had Michael Riley on the show last night, um, and he really explained, uh, you know, you have an excellent ambassador who can, I know you have Matt Baker as your uh, media relations, and he's great, but I think Michael might be second in command, uh, and I think sometimes maybe uh, maybe he would like to uh, threaten Matt and, and his job, and, you know, I know he's got a, a day job, and he's pretty good at it, but I loved how he explained, look, people, Rick Campbell and I are not trying to deceive you. And he explained the elbow injury. It was a great explanation. You have gotten, I know this because he was here for six seasons, but you got an incredible ambassador uh, for your for your franchise and Michael Riley. Yeah, we sure do. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think he's the boss of, my, of, of uh, Matt. So, uh, no, he's he's great. And it's been a, it, it's been a crazy, you know, you know, we might as well have this quarterback thing because we've been through everything else in the last 18 months. But um, you know Mike well enough that uh, he wants to play all the time. But uh, this elbow thing has just been coming and going, and uh, you just never know. And I, I can totally assure you that, you know, Michael or, or Rick Campbell were not trying to play any games. It was really game-time decisions. And uh, yeah. hopefully that come Thursday, he'll, his elbow will be fine and he can play. But uh, we just have to see every uh, every time there's a start. So we'll see what happens. And, and a big moment for you and your, your franchise because you finally get to play a home game for the first time since, you know, October of, uh, of, of 2020. It's been almost two years. Uh, tell me about just getting to this, to this point where you're going to have fans in your building finally and, and they can watch the BC Lions play a football game. Yeah, it's, it's amazing of, uh, you know, the things that our, our group have been through of not just the COVID, but, uh, you know, losing David Braley uh, as our owner and uh, new general manager and uh, just so many different things. So it's, it's been a crazy 18 months, but we're all excited about getting back into BC Place. And uh, I was telling our crew the other day that, you know, while we've been off 18 months, really we've, we're now tying in really only two months into an off season because it was only the middle of June when we, the CFL announced we we're going to start the season on August 5th. So 
Uh, a lot of work to be done. We've got less staff than we've had in the past, but uh, boy, our, our, our crew's really pulling together to get it all done. And as I'm sure you know, Dave and, and Edmonton, I know they've been through it the last two home games, going to mobile ticketing and clear bag policy. It's uh, It's been a real challenge, but um, I think overall we've learned a number of things and uh, we can only go with 50% fans right now. Hopefully we can get that changed in uh, September. We're just not sure yet. Uh, but um, the fans that will be there will certainly be loud and proud. Now, another uh, another aspect of the protocols and the restrictions that you're under, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is correct, the roof has to be open, right? It has to be. Yes, and it will so be. So that's an interesting uh, wrinkle. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing Wally's not here anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the uh no it has to be and and uh uh that gives us the open air and and a lot of air circulation so it will be and it'll be open all year long you are a big advocate of this league i've known that for a long time i mean i've known you for 20 years now uh so i i know the passion you have for this league what does it mean to have the CFL back in 2021 because I think we all agree it was it was imperative it was vital it, it had to happen that this league play the season this year and beyond. Absolutely, it, it's uh, we uh, you know it's a personal opinion, but I don't think we would have made it uh, into 22 if we wouldn't have played be playing right now. Uh, so I'm just so pleased that uh, we pulled it all together and and actually I think we hit it pretty near right on of starting in uh, the first part of August. Uh, it would have been, I think, a real challenge to start earlier at the, at the regular season. So uh, we've had a lot of challenges with uh, what we've been through, and uh, we still will have some, and we've just got to make sure that we follow all these protocols and, and that uh, we keep the, keep the COVID out of the dressing room so uh, we can't afford to lose a game in the schedule. Rick Lawlisher joins us, the president and CEO of the BC Lions here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Elks will be in BC Place Stadium in Vancouver on Thursday night for uh, their third regular season game. For third regular season game for both teams. We got it for you right here. Countdown to kickoff begins at 6, the kickoff at 8 o'clock. I want to uh, turn the clock back 20 years ago. And this, this kind of snuck up on me. I don't know about you, but... I remember it very well. The 2001 World Championships in Athletics, Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton, August 3rd to 12th. It was the first time, and in fact, this is going to stay this way until next year because the, these games are going to be in the U.S. next year. But at the time, and still until next year, Edmonton was the only time the World Championships in Athletics were held in North America, and you were the, the lead on this. Tell me about how this all came together and how you're able to sell Edmonton as, as the, uh, the, the, the host city for this great event. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it came together really of a starting point was, uh, Dr. Bob Stedward and, and, uh, uh, he was on, as you, as you know, he was on the IOC for a number of years and right. the, uh, he just had, uh, you know, Bob was a very, big advocate of uh, Edmonton and and uh, he talked to Jack Agris about it and, and Jack and him sort of conceived a plan and then they 
talked to me about it. I was at Economic Development Edmond at the time, and we said, well, let's put a group together and take a look. So we, we took a look very quietly, and uh, then we actually went very quietly to Athletics Canada to get their blessing to make the bid. Uh, I'm not sure if they thought we were for real or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, we uh, that's the way the process started. And, uh, in 90, November, I think it was November 98, we were awarded by the IAAF to host the 2001. And we started putting it together, and it was an incredible venture. Of, uh, uh, as you know, Dave, and uh, you and I have talked about it, I'm, I'm a big believer that... Uh, these events do well for the city and, and the economy, but the biggest thing is they continue to enhance your facilities. And uh, every time we've had a, an event in Edmonton, we've been able to get facilities out of it. So um, that, to me, was the biggest part. But, you know, in 10 days, we had over 40,000 people uh, watch track and field. Probably 90% of those have never seen it before. So um, yeah. it was just an incredible venture. and. Uh, August 3rd to 12th, just like in 78 in the Commonwealth Games, that is by far the best weather period in Edmonton there always is in the summer. And yeah. uh, It was, again, very nice, and, and uh, it is in some ways hard to believe that 20 years ago, although you and I are a little older, you just have to look at us. <laughs> that is true, sadly, yes. Uh, now, I remember Canada didn't do very well because... Uh, well, Canada didn't medal. I remember Wednesday, I think Wednesday night was supposed to be the big night. Mark Boswell, uh, Kwaku Botang, not to be confused with Kwaku Botang of the Elks, but Kwaku Botang, great high jumpers. They didn't medal. Uh, Jason Tunks, the discus thrower, was competing that night. Uh, he didn't medal. So that was a disappointment. But before that, I want to just, like the 100-meter event is always the, the highlight. And it was significant because it was Donovan Bailey's last international track and field event and he made it to the semifinals i believe he finished sixth or seventh so he didn't qualify bruni surin was we were all heartbroken over because it is semi he was doing pretty well he was i think uh running middle of the pack and making a charge and then all of a sudden he pulls up with a hamstring injury and his his tournament uh, or meet was over um but donovan bailey specifically i want to talk about because we had him on a couple weeks ago. Reed had him on. We booked him to talk about uh, Andre DeGrasse and his success at the uh, Olympics in Tokyo. And now he's the most decorated male Olympian uh, on uh, in Canadian Olympic history. And he is such a... Uh, I'm talking about Donovan. He is such a very giving person of his time. He's really down to earth now. Back then, though, oh my gosh, I just remember as a media person, it's just you didn't know if you should look at him. You didn't know what a question you should ask. Um, he gave us all a thrill because that was his last meet, but uh, um, it was it was kind of a great moment, and it was kind of like, ooh, Donovan, you're, you're, you're kind of uh, cranky. Yeah, I think in uh, 20 years, it's fair to say he's matured a little bit. Oh, yeah. He uh, has <laughs> grown up. So, uh, yeah, he's a far better uh, speaker now about the sport and a good ambassador, so... Um, it's tough when you're in your home country and, and the pressure is immense. And uh, we went away from that without any medals. And um, it's understandable how everybody can be down of, of the team that's there. But, um, you know, I think it did the, the sport of track and field uh, a lot of good to have that event in Edmonton uh, for all of Canada. It's, 
yeah. I, I think it's really enhanced uh, the sport for uh, now 20 years. Yeah, for a number of years, I think uh, the Canadian Championships were here. I think a few years, because foot field is a, is another legacy of of uh, the uh, of the worlds as well. Because that is a tremendous track and field facility. I've been able to go there a few times, and it is uh, well. I think for a few years we had a a special track and field meet there that would would come for uh, a number of years. So that's another legacy is is foot field. That's a beautiful facility. Yeah, and I think I think there's I haven't been involved, but I think there's still a legacy from the coaching side for uh, track and field in Canada coming out of the uh, 2001. And, uh, that there's a number of coaches at the U of A that come in to play on that legacy. Yeah, is it pretty neat, Rick? I know, it's, and I mentioned it's going to change because the 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 World Championships are are in the U.S. next year. But how Edmonton, for the longest of times the only North American uh, host city for this event. And this is not a small event. This is a huge event. Yeah, well, television-wise, it's uh, it's right next to the, I think it's right next to the World Cup. It's actually bigger than the Olympics in many ways. So um, yeah. the it, it was a huge event, and I think it's a feather in the cap of Edmonton and, and Alberta and Canada that they were able to host it. And as you say, it's in Oregon next year. And Oregon's always been a big track and field area in the U.S. Yeah. And uh, they uh, they have the Prefontaine Classic, and um, so it's you know something for 20 years. It's uh, I think at the time we weren't sure how long it would be till it came back to North America, but uh, it's taken this long. And um, you know how big track and field is in Europe and Asia, and it's. Uh, I, I think the sport continues to grow in, in North America, and it's good to have the event here. Rick, thank you for the trip down memory lane, and I'm really excited to be uh, at BC Place on uh, Thursday night to, for your home opener. It's a big game for the Elks, big game for you, and it's just nice to have CFL football back across the country. So thanks for your time. Sure is, Dave. Look forward to seeing you and Marley. Take care. You be- you betcha. You as well. Rick Lawlisher, the president and CEO of the BC Lions, used to hold that title with the Edmonton football team and and was uh, the lead on the 2001 World Championships in athletics. And uh, I remember uh, I remember a lot from this, Kellen, because, I, like I say, I lived at the stadium. I mean, it just, that's how it felt like. And we did all kinds of wall-to-wall coverage. But um, I was looking at the 100-meter winner, and it said Maurice Green. And I'm like, that's not true. Tim Montgomery won. But then Tim Montgomery got, along with Marion Jones, who didn't win the 100 meter that year, they won the 4 by 100 relay. And it's actually, it was another uh, member of the team that got uh, involved in the Balco scandal. You remember that? Uh, so that's, uh, that's what happened. And uh, Maurice Green listed as the gold medalist uh, for the 100 meters. So I had to kind of do a double take and go, no, nah, he didn't win. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was a big time legacy for this city and i think uh it's something that i'll remember even though it kind of would went in the back of my mind uh a little bit but it was uh it was great i mean those athletes are are tremendous and it's good for edmonton as well all right back with more inside sports in a moment I was wrong again. Uh, Pat says, you're wrong about the 100 meters. Maurice Green did win. Check the video. I did. 
you're right. Yes, Tim Montgomery finished second. Well, now he didn't finish at all because he was disqualified in 05 after he admitted to drug use as the result of the Balkal scandal. He did win a gold medal, at least at the time, for the U.S. in the uh, 4 by 100 relay team, but they were disqualified because of that scandal. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to uh, be a part of that. Uh, Mike from the north side. Hey, Dave, was Edmonton under limited seating for last week's game? Is that why there was only 25,000 plus fans? There is no restrictions to uh, for Commonwealth Stadium to watch a game. There are no restrictions at all. So there isn't a limit on fans. That's just how many people showed up. So a bit of a disappointment, but there might be some factors involved. The It was a hot day. It was a bit, bit of smoke in the air. I don't know if there's some hesitancy to attend uh, large gatherings again. I mean, the uh, Elks haven't taken the policy of the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers and now of MLSC, who own the Argos, that uh, you have to be fully vaccinated to attend uh, the uh, facility and watch a game. Now there's uh, Dave Naylor from TSN says the Ottawa Red Blacks likely will follow suit. Hamilton Tiger Cats don't know yet, but it's the list is growing. But uh, there are no restrictions uh, here at uh, Commonwealth Stadium. None at all. That's just how many people showed up. And the next home game isn't until September the 11th, the Labor Day rematch game against the Calgary Stampeders. But uh, as I mentioned, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment says it will require proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test in order to access any of its venues starting next month. So they own the Leafs the Raptors, the uh, Argos, and Toronto FC. The list is growing of how many businesses, how many sporting leagues. It does seem to be growing, that if you want to attend anything that has to do with that particular organization or go in a particular business, you have to prove you've been vaccinated, fully vaccinated. See where this goes. It'll be interesting. WHL took that step yesterday. Well, a, a pretty, I think, significant happening in Edmonton coming up. The World Triathlon Series is back after not competing last year because of COVID-19. We'll talk about that. Also, Nick Nurse is back with Canada Basketball. He's going to head up the team, uh, the men's team, for the 2024 Olympics in Paris and hopes to qualify this team for the first time since 2000. It's Campbell and for Wilkins. That and much more. Talk more about the Elks-Lions game next hour on Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.